Welcome back to the Catholics Who Cuss Sometimes podcast. My name is Rob. Every episode, my guy Pepe and I catch up and share some good news. Today, we're talking about how we got to our place and how we got to this pod from all of our ministry mentors and friends and really what it means to be authentic in Christ. You know the drill by now. Listen up if you're up for it to the Catholics Who Cuss Sometimes. What's up, bro? That was actually kind of close, I think, in terms of timing. Um, the claps are actually working. Yeah, the internet's working. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, what I was going to say, dude, about the... Uh, so my mic, uh, last episode, I realized after we stopped recording, the mic itself wasn't even on. So I don't know. I, I don't know if that means like it didn't oh, shit. pick up the right way. But either way, shouts out to producer Alex for just uh, making it seem clean, because it was unnoticed until I just looked at my mic. Uh, it's actually his birthday today. Tried to call oh, him earlier, oh, but the boy was probably busy, busy celebrating that, reigning in that big three zero. Happy birthday, my G! And uh, busy making making mixes probably. Yeah, more pods, more pods. I mean, he does have a pod. We might as well shout it out at this point. <laughs> okay, yeah. United States of Soccer. Check it out. Those are my homies from back home. Uh, and Alex produces that pod as well. So check <laughs> that saying. shit out. <laughs> we got to shout him out. <laughs> you got to put the link okay, in, in, you know? in, in sports corner, how, how bad does your bracket look for... I have for uh, those who uh, filled out one. I have nine of the sixteen games that were played today, so pretty bad. Wrong or right? You Correct. had nine of them. Correct. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's barely half. You know, I missed the ones that counted really, like Arizona. So. Oh, and we're happy about that. They beat us in the pack. 12 championship and lost to a 15 seed bro that's why my brothers and sisters out there in arizona but i'm glad you lost dude that's exactly why i had them going far i was like man if you beat ucla in the pac 10 or pac 12 tournament like you got to be feel pretty good and so i have them in my final or no i have you had arizona in your final final four losing to a a purdue But like oh, you, you you got a you got a big zach Eady uh pitch hey oh yeah zach Eady is a Asian Canadian. He looks American, right? But <laughs> both of his parents are Asian. He just happened to have grown up in the United States. And this guy can be legitimate national player of the year. I don't know if he's, he's going to win national player of the year. For sure. I don't know if it translates to the, today's NBA pro game, maybe in Europe, but like he is what I wanted to be 10 years ago, you know? As a child. <laughs> yeah, like he is living my dream. So I have to just a foot taller. I gotta, I gotta shout him out and be like, man, you gotta win for all of us, bro. Like, that's all I wanted, Zach Eady. Yeah, I mean, everywhere all at once, just sweeping at the Oscars, and now we need Zach Eady to win Player of the Year. Just it's represent. Bro. It's happening for and the this, halves out and there. The, and these podcasts just is tough. Um, so yeah, that's my Zach Eady like pitch. I just think like he represents what I once wanted to be, and like I can't, <laughs> I can't let go of that feeling in my heart, man. And so. that is that for Sports and Corner. That is that. 
anyway, I could um, go on. There's so, a lot going on in the sports bro, world, man. We all could. We I all know. could. And maybe, maybe eventually we'll start talking about that stuff and it'll bleed into what this pod okay, is actually okay. all about. But something that I did realize, first off, thank you for anyone who listens to the first episode. Like we were saying the entire episode, we're not doing this uh, for listeners. We're doing it because we are going to have these conversations anyway and just listen to the first episode as to why we're doing it. But nonetheless, we appreciate everyone that listened to it. But something we noticed, and we are very critical of ourselves, is we did not introduce ourselves in terms of at least our names. We talked about your fiance. We talked about my wife, my son, our jobs, all of that shit, and did not say our names. So... Without further ado, my name is Pepe Fructoso. I'm the one that was telling you that he is a campus minister at UCLA. Number two seed, lost in the Pac-12 title, but just smacked our first round game today. Smacked and you are that game. My name is Rob Roa. I'm a resident part-time minister at the University of San Diego. Um, do not work for UCLA, but as a LA. <laughs> Uh, native, actually, for all you people out there, um, I have UCLA going quite far as well. So, <laughs> all, all of, of your uh, Florida homies and all of my Virginia homies, when I'm like, na- when I agree with the native point, are just like fake. But little do they know, <laughs> we were actually they. born here. Check the certificate, bro. Woodland Hills. I'm a Valley boy. Pasadena, my guy. <laughs> anyway, anyway. We are back for episode two. Um, yeah, for whoever wants to listen, we're glad you're here. And there it is again. But either way, we're here to, Here's the to, thing. Okay, to just okay. have more conversations you, with each other. You, rep, you repped it early, so I have to lean into it. The UCLA thing, man, what a dream to, mm. like, when I first met you, like, you had, you had, I feel like you had UCLA stuff. Like, you don't have a lot of gear, but you got, like, a Lakers hoodie. <laughs> What and do you I mean I like, don't have a lot of gear? Like clothes that, in general? Yeah, in, in general. Very you don't simple like, wardrobe. You don't rep a lot of things. Yeah. Like, I rep my teams. That's you rep really your teams. It. And I feel like UCLA was the city that you repped, right? You're just really hardcore about that. And what a dream now that you work at UCLA, man. Like, it's pretty cool. There are I will other, say. You could, there are a lot of options for you, right? You can do a lot of things at other schools. There are tons of schools who would lose you. USD is hiring a campus minister for liturgy send applications now (laughs) (laughs) um and you are doing that at the school that you like cheer for which do you feel like a fanboy sometimes it's pretty cool i mean like i think anyone who knows me knows i'm more professional sports fan than i am a college fan and I know there are UCLA students and staff members that would kill me for this, but I mean, I think this is just how it works in Los Angeles. It's USC football and UCLA basketball. That's just the history. So I wouldn't say I claimed all of UCLA athletics, but there's just so much history with UCLA and basketball is my favorite sport. So obviously I was always rooting for them. But are you are you talking specifically about doing ministry in general or doing ministry where I'm doing ministry? Uh, that's a good question. I think both. Obviously, they're well, you're, if you talk about doing ministry at yeah, UCLA, yeah. they're you intertwined. End up talking about ministry, yeah. Like, what? Why? How are you, why are you there? How'd you end up there? I mean, it's a long story, but that's what a podcast is for. Long oh, you know what? Conversations. You know what I'm, I'm saying? A, I'm gonna interrupt you. When we first met, or maybe like the first week we met, you said 
we should get beers and share our stories to each other. You said something like that. <laughs> I, one, I didn't realize. Yeah, we you, were just made for a ministry, huh? Just relational <laughs> right off the bat. The thing I didn't realize is you don't actually drink a lot. Socially. So, socially, yeah. I was like, I don't know if we're ever going to get beers and hang out like dudes at a, at a bar. And I still haven't heard that story. So this is kind of the, my question to you. Like, I've always wondered. Like, we're doing a freaking podcast talking about, you know, Catholic stuff. And that's our whole friendship is founded on this thing. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like I haven't been given what I was promised at the start. <laughs> I feel like we know a little bit, but we we've yet to really sit down and just talk about it uh, full full force you for know, sure uh, in terms of story. Yeah. So like, all right, you're a minister. What, what about was I it? doing? What what year did we meet? Did we meet before? We met before COVID for sure. Before COVID, it was 2018, around was your birthday. It was like July 2018. Oh. Wow. Right? That's when you moved to you moved back to LA in 2018 or 2019? No, 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 2019. It was like July 2019. Yeah, that makes my more bad, sense to bad. me. Yeah, so I was working at a parish. Yeah, I was on the parish level, youth ministry and uh, doing the youth choir at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's a different it's a different vibe than college. That's we kind crazy. of alluded to that in the last episode. But uh yeah, no, I love that 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 place too. But uh yeah, I mean, I don't know where to even start, bro. I mean, like why why I'm in ministry and how I got here is a long story, but I was thinking about it recently. I think a, a student was in my office and we were just kind of having a conversation. They're thinking about um, becoming a missionary after college, and I was just kind of contemplating on how I ended up there, not just like the actual, you know, interview this, interview that, meeting this person, meeting that person, but like, oh my gosh, just sitting back and being like, okay, what, man, you you do this for a living now. So what what happened? And I, I think I, I always end up pointing to uh, like these certain moments that I was just encountering the Lord so vividly and could just hear him talk. But in the midst of having this conversation with this student, I started thinking about something separate. It wasn't really just a moment in time because I can think of like four very clear moments where the Lord was speaking to me like Peppa do this or Peppa do that or Peppa don't do this. And those were kind of my go-to stories when it came to like, this is why I'm doing what mm. I'm doing. But yeah. in the moment when I was talking to the student, I was thinking about um, this season of my life. It wasn't even a long season. It was a, a summer mission trip um, between my sophomore year of high school and junior year of high school. Um, I went to Seattle, Washington with a group of other people my age, a few people that were older than me. And, you know, it was basically the first time I realized that uh, ministry was something that was quote unquote cool. And I have my, uh, Mm. I have a whole shtick about it that I'm sure we'll go into uh, eventually. But um, when I was talking to the student, I was thinking specifically about the dude that led that mission trip. Okay. He was uh, technically a peer because he wasn't a married person. He was a young adult. He was probably 10 years older uh, than me and a few years older than pretty much the rest of the group that was there. And bro, this man was the first person in my life. And again, no disrespect to my uncles, to my dad, to my grandparents and all the people in my very Catholic, charismatic, loving family that, uh, you know, helped me on my spiritual journey. But this is the first dude 
that I looked at and thought in my head, man, he makes ministry look cool. Mm. Man, I really should reach out to this guy because he's affected my life in so many ways and he probably doesn't even know it. Are you having that thought right now? I'm having that thought right now. Okay. I think uh, like every every now and then, maybe twice a year, I have the thought of, man, I should call him and then I'll reach out to like his sister. I'm close with both um, his sisters, but we've kind of, you know, fallen out of touch as people get older. You don't talk as much. Um, but yeah, I've reached out to her a couple of times being like, hey, is is your brother like free to talk one of these days or something like that? <laughs> um, but either way, this man was like, you know, I'm 15, 16 years old that summer. He's probably like 25, 26. And... I think he was a DJ by night. Oh, that's sick. In whatever context DJ, whatever you think about DJs nowadays, back then, <laughs> it was dope. Okay? It was it was really cool. And uh, he just carried himself in a way that was like, man, I just want to, you want to be around this person, you know? He was also from the Bay, so whatever you think about Bay Area, wow. you know, uh, you know, vibes, he just kind of, you know... They they move different out there, and you know, you either you either you either fuck with it or you don't. And I was just like, man, this dude is the man, and he loves Jesus, and he was giving these talks, and he was encouraging every single person there. And I remember just sitting in my office uh, a month ago talking to the student, being like, yeah, it was that guy. It wasn't just a moment that the Lord was just speaking clear to me. This is what I want you to do. And I've had moments like that. And again, we can share about those eventually. But I was thinking while I was talking to my student, this dude that was leading this mission trip was really the first person that made me think ministry was cool, quote unquote cool, what I what I deemed to be cool. And I was like, man, this is, this is dope. And you know, you fast forward to that and I'm serving like all the time. I end up doing missionary work after college. Um, after joining the workforce, I go back into ministry, like serving at that parish when I met you. And it was actually you who put me in touch with the the priests over there at UCLA, just kind of keeping an ear out because you kind of knew that campus ministry was where I, I wanted to be. Yeah, I don't know. I think like just the way that he carried himself and making the faith look cool was something that really stuck with me and thought to myself that, man, if you could do this for another person, then maybe... This is something that's worth doing it. Besides all the spiritual things and like building the kingdom of God and winning souls, I believe in all those things. But surface level stuff of why I ended up in ministry and just thinking about like why and how I ended up thinking that this was something that, you know, you can make a living on um, was definitely that dude. So was it, is it, well, one, does he know this? Probably not. That's why I'm having this thought about calling him. Like, it would be, if it wasn't 11 p.m., maybe I'd have the balls to just cold call him right now and just have him on the pod without knowing. That'd be sick. (laughs) But, you know, maybe we'll give it a... His sister actually listened, I think, or she said she was hyped to listen to the first episode. So, I don't know, maybe. Maybe she's hearing this now. Yeah, she's going to hear it now. Oh, I'm going to put y'all in touch. He's going to call you, bro. The, The second thing is like, all right, is it like a pay it forward? This guy did it for you. And do you, <laughs> this is, I just want to tap into your humility thing here. Like, do you think you're <laughs> cool? Like, do you think people look at you and you're like, no, 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 no. Ministry is no. so cool, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, man, if it, if it sounded like that, I apologize <laughs> to, to anyone. I, I have this whole, and I've shared it with so many students. Okay, I'll tell you a quick, quick story. We have student leadership, like a student leadership team at UCLA that is in charge of like these five committees. And so when I was hired, 
the team had already been established um, when I got hired. So I wanted to start kind of building relationships with each one of them and making them feel comfortable with, you know, talking to the new campus minister. And I thought I'd start with the student leadership team. So I had like each member of the team come in for like a one-on-one and just got to know them. Mm-hmm. One dude came in and he, he asked me this question, right? I'm getting to my point about the whole quote unquote cool thing. He asked me, he was like, Peppa, what do you think is going to like change the church or like change the perception of the church? How people okay. have so many misconceptions that aren't in uh, the Catholic church. And I told him straight up, I was like, bro, I don't mean to sound like politically what? incorrect. And it wasn't like something crazy. I didn't say anything racist oh, or anything okay. to this okay. man. I was just like, bro, honestly, what's going to change the church is a generation of people who, and I threw my quote-unquote fingers up, said, cool people that love their faith. (laughs) Okay, that's what I said to him. What is cool is up to the person, okay? What you deem to be cool might not be the same thing I think is cool, but it's cool people. And again, whatever you deem to be cool is what is cool in your eyes that love the Lord and love their faith. So it's not this perception of, man, Catholicism is just so, like, weird. What are all these rules? What is this stand, sit, kneel church? Like, why can't I, you know, dress like this? Or why can't I talk like that? And whatever, whatever it is. And to me, that guy on that mission trip that was leading it embodied that. And I was only 15, 16 years old. So it's not so much a pay it forward kind of thing. Oh, I, he was cool. Hopefully I'm cool. and I can be this to, to the, to the next person. And then that's the next minister. That's going to be cool. Oh, but man. he was just so himself, man. And I, maybe that's what I deemed to be cool. Someone who was so comfortable in him, in his, you know, own self worth, how he was seen by yeah. the Lord, that it just gave him the confidence to lead us in a two week mission trip with all these people just building playgrounds. And then, um, formation stuff at night. And I just, I've said that to like so many students already. I just think it's going to be a generation of Catholics that are cool. And again, what I think is cool might not be what you think is cool, but that's the, that's the beauty of it. It's these people that are very well aware of who they are and how they're seen by the father and just living that out. And, you know, people are going to see it and just be like, man, that dude, that dude is cool. Or this, this girl is cool. And I just want to be a part of it. And cool for you is a DJ from the Bay Area. <laughs> One of the things that I see that that I think are cool <laughs> for sure. Like I think a lot of things are cool, bro. That guy was definitely cool. I bet he's still cool now. I, I need to hit this man up. Maybe next episode I would have done that by by then, and we can talk about the conversation I have. Maybe he could be on the show. What if What if he's not cool anymore? There's no way. <laughs> what if that just shattered? There's no way. Like some foundational like belief no 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 i don't know i don't know <laughs> or is he like is he like glass rosy rosy glasses or it's like he is just cool forever like bro he, i really haven't talked to him in years years so i i'm maybe this is like the lord in the midst of us having this conversation recording this pod bro you should reach out to him and like just tell him what you're doing with your life now and bro you are who so knows? cool <laughs> i i'm just wondering like what if i called him and I was like, hey, man, I've heard a lot about you. And then I talked to I the hear dude, you're cool. And, like, I, I think he's not cool, right? Like, it's so subjective, but it worked on you. Sure. Right? But, uh, man, as subjective as I just made the case to be, <laughs> you know, when Thomas Aquinas talks about beauty, 
and every like he just dispels the whole like beauties in the eye of the beholder and just right. no sometimes beautiful is just beautiful <laughs> maybe sometimes cool is just cool and maybe you would talk to him and you'd be like yeah this dude is cool <laughs> i think that would be the the test right like you would talk to him and be like yeah you're right i'm glad you're in ministry <laughs> this dude's dope <laughs> yeah i mean whether or not he's cool objectively it has shaped your faith with god you're you know it was it, it worked mm. on you in more ways than, like my whole life what's crazy it's That's not crazy. just what i do for a living but it's how i dated joe how i'm parenting now it's like it's it's all it like starts there and again like i said when i was talking to the student I normally have my go-to stories, you know, yeah. that I kind of share about like, okay, where was your, and I'm a cradle Catholic, you know, where was your, you know, your own true conversion story? When did you come to know Christ on this deeper level? I have all, all my stories. And just for some reason during that conversation, I was like, no, it was really, this dude is like, you know, whether he knows it or not, was, has made just a enormous impact on my life. And fast forwarding to be where I am now at UCLA, that in itself is dope, and I got to give you some props to that, just your connections over there. I know JVC had you talking at, at the UCC um, for I don't know how many years, but either way, you kind of set that up. And that interview story is funny in, in itself, but um, just being as big of a sports fan as I am and just being around so much history when it comes to UCLA is really dope, bro. I can't lie. Like to me, I wanted oh, I I wanted to get into campus ministry somehow. You knew that about yeah. me very early on, but the school didn't matter. You know, it was just like oh, I just want an opportunity wow. to be able to 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 go and serve college students because I'm very passionate about that that period in people's lives, especially here in this country. And we know statistically that's where we lose a whole bunch of the church, and so very passionate about ministering to them. And it just so happens that the school that gives me the opportunity is UCLA. I was like, this is just icing on the cake, bro. This is yeah. so fire. And it's it's cool dudes there. The Paulists are like well, like within your niche of like media. <laughs> like it, it worked out. It's Providence, whatever you want to call we'll, it. We'll have to have uh, one of them, <laughs> maybe both of them, on the pod eventually when we get when we get comfortable with this here that would podcast. Be hilarious. If they get on there, that'd be dope. That would Shouts be out cool. Father Jamie man. and Father Mark. I was thinking about Father Mark because he, I don't want to spoil anything, but he came here and he was like, you know, I've never worked on, or he had worked at a campus where uh, it was a Catholic school and he, he was sitting in our ministry center. He's like, man, I've been at the a Newman Center for so long. And he looked like he was just like daydreaming about working in a ministry center, like a school funded <laughs> yeah. one. Hey, your, your ministry center is nice. I love, I love me some UCC with a whole bill. That's perks of your school being an actual Catholic school. It is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't have an office there, so it doesn't really matter, but uh, <laughs> it's whatever. I use it. I'm at my desk right now. In I, ha- room. I have an office. There you go. Thank you, Lord. And an elevator. Um, what, what about you, though, say? bro? Uh, what about me? How did I yeah, end up why, in why, how, did, how did you end up there? And for yeah. JVC, I guess we can talk about both, but maybe ministry in general. Like, like we were saying in the beginning... Yeah. We could be doing anything, but this is what we're doing. So what, what I happened think, there, bro? I think more people saw it in me than I wanted to see it in myself. I think after high school, I was in like, yeah, I grew up in a charismatic ministry, more so attuned to evangelization of the people that were around, not really going out there and getting them, but 
you know, catechism, I guess. And I quickly became a leader more so because I was charismatic and enthusiastic and I would comfortable talking in front of people. Some would say cool. (laughs) I think subjectively, subjectively, I was pretty cool. And I think that that's a criteria that is criteria for like how to attract people. Like you just have to be Mm -hmm. relatable and approachable. And I I was that easily. So (laughs) my bad. No, I mean, that's just like easily. I enjoy like relating to people. I was cool as shit. Cool as shit, man. (laughs) Not only was I cool as shit, I was, I thought people were cool as shit. Like I was like, I was always like, there you go. You saved yourself. I was always just interested in people. Like I loved hearing what they had to share and and all that stuff. And it informed the way I spoke. And I think that really Mm -hmm. showed Mm -hmm. in ministry. I think up to now, bro. Probably, yeah. It, I think yeah, it's like think my personality right trait. Yeah, I take on what people give me. But after high school, I actually took a year off between high school and college because school in the Philippines starts in June, and I graduated in June, and I was like, "There's no way I'm dipping. I need a summer break." So I just so just for for the listener, you you went to high school in Florida, and then right. went to the Philippines for college. Born right? in LA, grew up in Florida, and became a Manila boy afterwards. Shortly. <laughs> Um, but that year off, I actually did a lot of ministry work kind of like as a volunteer missionary where I went to Georgia to run some retreats, just went around to get involved. And there Mm -hmm. were, there were people on that retreat similar to you who were cool, I guess, but more so (laughs) saw something in me. We're, we're fucking ourselves here, man. Nah, these, nah, they are cool. They are cool. Then they're still cool. I still, I still talk to them. I know. I mean, I mean, like the fact that this is the topic of the conversation, <laughs> we just keep talking about how we might be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole pod, bro. Whatever, whatever. Um, just confident in how the Lord sees us. I will say, I still talk to the person who called me up. So uh, okay, cool. I hope you call your friend. So you're, you're better than me. Cooler. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cooler than me. My guy. He just saw something in me that I didn't see. Like I was, I felt kind of out of it. Like I wasn't in Can school. Can I ask the age difference between you two? Because my mine was like ten years. From like I and what's and, and and what I'm assuming about what you're about to say is that you kind of maintained a relationship with him, right? Yeah, definitely. So that, that's another difference. So what was what was the age difference? I don't know. He was so like charismatic that I he's I think he was much older than he made himself seem. Mm. But I do think he was, he's probably like six or seven years older than me. So, like my older brother, more so. Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty pretty much the same, I feel yeah. like. But he was cool. He was like, just he hooped with us, loved talking about Jordan, Kobe, LeBron stuff. and But he was like very enthusiastic about the church. He, we were at a point in ministry. Was he a DJ though? <laughs> no, definitely not a DJ. <laughs> okay. He, never. he does have a tattoo though. That's pretty cool. Uh, okay, tattoos are cool. <laughs> Very cool, you gave actually. Into it. That's what. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, anyway, he he just he invited me along. He was always like, "Dude, come through. Like, we'll drive up and we'll do this." And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not? I have, I have nothing else to do." And so I did that a lot. And I think that was really formative in more ways than I realized. I didn't have the realization like you did. Like, I didn't think it was cool. I didn't. I enjoyed it because it was just something to do and. It was Are you talking about in the moment? Because I didn't feel like I didn't have that realization oh. until 10 years later oh, for, and I was oh. working at UCLA. Correct, correct. Okay. Just thankful. Like, how did I get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, definitely not in the moment. I think I've thought about it prior to this, but uh, in the moment, it was just whatever, you know, something to do. And it was just he, him seeing something in me, I think. And then I went to the Philippines and really I went there to play basketball, ended up getting super involved in ministry to the point where they wanted me to be like the student org president for, you know, the ministry. It, it was like an official school-sponsored organization on campus. Oh, okay. That's, that's what I was going to ask. It was like attached to the school. Yeah. Like we had the, we were allowed to have the school's name and stuff. And they asked me to be the president. Wow. Early on. Yeah. I didn't even speak the language. I was Englishing the hell out of that Bro, place. You, you must have been so, so cool. I was so cool, but they were all talking behind my back. <laughs> they're they're all my friends too, though, so I can say that. We still have a group okay. chat on respect, Facebook. Respect. I love them. They, did they listen to episode one? Cause probably not. Okay, uh, not cool. Just kidding. Not cool. Just kidding. They um they also saw I like I didn't really want to do that stuff, right? I just did it because I needed a community. Like I just wanted to have people to hang out yeah, with. I mean different different place, you know. Yeah. Completely different. And it was familiar because it was ministry and all that stuff, but really I was just doing it because it was familiar to me, but then they asked me to get super involved and they just saw something in me. And and those are the people I think that really, like really believed in me. Of course, we're all like kind of mm. peers, but they really yeah, yeah. trusted me, believed that I could lead. That'll do something, huh? Like it's different when a mentor or someone you look up to believes in you. And that's that's a whole different you know level of, you know, affirmation, mm-hmm. but when your peers do it yeah. for you, you're really like, wow, you know, I feel this is, this is very affirming and it's, it feels very good. Yeah. Yeah. To like be chosen among your people. Yeah. It feels good to be honest. And I think some of it was that I leaned more into like, oh yeah, I like that they chose me, but I wasn't really sure why, you know, and I didn't really question why I was just like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. And I think that was kind of like the impetus of me realizing I can be good Great at word. ministry was mm-hmm. that people trusted me. People believed that I could minister to them and be there for them, even without the language, even with a language barrier, like they believed that I could be there for them. And I didn't really apply that. I just did my job. After that, after college, I did a year of volunteer work out in the Philippines working with farmers. So you stayed an extra year over there? I did. I was there four years for school. And then right after I graduated, I moved to like the rural island or whatever. And just hooping in your slippers. Hey, no joke. I got picked up. No joke. All the House of Highlights videos that show Filipinos hooping is is always in them chinelas, bro. I got picked up for like the the city team. It was sick. I started traveling during my my (laughs) volunteer year. They would bring me to these. Just fouling the shit out of everybody that has the ball. Bro, they brought me to some random ass places just to hoop. And like the people would show out. I would like walk out and there'd be like hundreds of people to watch us play on the playground. That's funny. It was kind of cool. Not going to lie. And I was like just riding in a van with these people I couldn't understand. But going there, I thought I was going to do work. I just needed a job really. And I wanted to help out. But I realized what I was doing there was just kind of being present to people and ministering to them and listening to them and not necessarily evangelizing them, but like being pastor to them or Mm. a listening ear or a sensitive ear, an empathetic kind of soul that they can listen to. They were the farmers that I worked with particularly were just recovering from a hurricane. Um, so it was like a really powerful 
space for them to share that. Like they didn't expect me to save their lives, but they did expect me to listen, which I thought was a really powerful space. And after that, a lot of people were like, bro, you'd make a, like a, a good minister. They use the word priest. I got that a lot where I was like, <laughs> bro, you'd be, you'd be a good priest, a minister, right? Or whatever. And I just trying to shut it out. <laughs> I, I always say, man, if God calls, he calls, but he never called. And I don't pick up anyway. So, um, I just, I did all the vocation seminars in college and stuff like that. And I just never, okay. So you that. discerned, I think every yeah. Catholic guy probably should. Yeah. So. And I, That's and good. I tried to listen and all that stuff and it just wasn't for me, but the language was still there, right? Like you're clearly a minister of some sort. And then even afterwards, when I was working retail, I, I managed like a coffee shop for a couple of years and I had my employees asking me stuff about how do I manage this or how do I do that? And how do I do this in my life or grow in this way? And I was a mentor to a lot of these people. And I think that's ministering in a way. And after that, I was like, no, it maybe, is for sure. Maybe for I sure. am a minister, you know? I just so didn't at that point, that were you not career. were you not thinking that? Yeah, that that's where I was going. At that point, were you not thinking this could be a job that I do? No idea. Something I do for a living. I didn't know. I didn't really have campus ministers in college because we were the ones ministering as students. Right, right. So I didn't really understand what ministry that ministry was a career. I guess I saw it more as what priests do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when I realized that people were on college campuses and at churches being ministers, but they were like lay people. I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a whole, whole ass thing. And like, I didn't understand the, how people get paid to do that and all that, but you just eventually start finding yourself in those spaces where naturally the skills of ministering come out and then people will put you in the place, places where you can practice that. So yeah, I, I yeah, just turned I think it God, into God that. definitely like opens up opportunities for our gifts to shine, you know, in general, for people's gifts to shine, right? So if you had this gift to be able to listen, to minister, to to be there in the thick of it with people, then I'm sure door after door just started opening of like, okay, here, why don't you do this? Right. And then you end up getting a job offer, I would assume. How did JVC? Oh, JVC. Did you you serve with them? I I was a Jesuit volunteer for a year. That's what I was doing in the Philippines. And then I came back here. Oh, that was the uh, the rural year? Yeah, working with, with the JVC? farmers. Yeah, it was JV. It was a year as a Jesuit volunteer. And then when I came back, I worked at the coffee shop for a little bit, working with farmers a little bit too, like who were gotcha, selling gotcha. us coffee beans and shit. And then I hit this point where like, well, I just want to do more. I want to do something bigger than, you know, making coffee and selling coffee. No offense, but I just, I just felt this calling. So I started looking up jobs like JVC. I, I started figuring out the language of, like, the professional language of, oh, mm-hmm. accompaniment, pastoral ministry, stuff like that. Right. JVC they got shows courses up. on that, bro. I think I hold degrees <laughs> on that. It's crazy, man. Crazy stuff. Whole, whole. We're Catholics, too. I had a, a shit ton of Protestant friends that went to school to be pastors and stuff like that, so I knew that. Right. You know, but, like... There's the Catholic version of it. Too. Yep, and they got whole schools for it too. It's crazy. Once I found JVC, I ministry became just second nature where you're walking with people, walking with young adults, walking with your coworkers, leading coworkers, leading young adults who are volunteers, going through a certain experience. So it just allowed me to practice that and at a certain point my coworkers would be like, "Yeah, you are a really good minister. Like that's a 
that's an opportunity for you. Like you're just a natural minister. Like you, you care for people. And so when I came down to California, my boss at the time had worked in this role as a campus minister and at USD USD, and she was like, you should, you should do this. It's what you do. You're, you should get paid Mm. to do this. You do it naturally. So it's those people, man. Yeah. Again, I I don't know. That's another beauty. Another, another beauty of relational ministry is the actual relationships that form. So you get people that, that care and love you and have an ear out for you and right low-key you did that you did that for me bro and i think it's not just having an ear out for you it's it's they have an ear for you right like the good people like they they can tap into what you are trying to show everyone and they find ways to highlight that and that that could be giving you a job that could be asking for your help or whatever yeah service right right so Mm -hmm. yeah and, and you know if you're out there putting your your best foot forward if you know your skills and you're not getting paid to do it unfortunately just keep like doing it authentically and the right people will show up you know and they might not look the way you want them to or it might not be at the timing that you want but eventually it comes together i obviously say this all in hindsight but i think it's true like the people really come out for you and, that, and that's why god puts people in your life right like that's the same thing with spouses you know you you live a an authentic life the right person the right partner like it shows up and they stay you know mm-hmm. so it's all it's all the same thing but yeah i never all that to say i never thought i was a minister or nor do i want to believe that this is like my track uh but maybe it is <laughs> Maybe I am called to be a minister for the rest of my life, which is crazy to think about because that's what priests do. But yeah, I mean, I think when, and again, I'm not trying to sound like I'm trying to teach on this pot or anything like that. That's not the point. I just think when we're doing our best to be docile, to really just like let the Holy Spirit move in your life. Not only do these opportunities arise, but God really just kind of navigates you into the the right place at the right time in the right season for for you, whether that's people, jobs, um, opportunities to serve. I just think it's it's that focus and and really trusting and letting go and praying and praying that whatever you want for my life, Lord, help me to be cool with it you know not not the whole cool cool argument that we've been talking about the entire time but good with it you know there's a lot of things going on in in our life now here at home and 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 that's a prayer that we're constantly praying lord if this is good for us then give it to us and if if this isn't the plan that you have for us help us be okay with it yeah (laughs) you know yeah it's a lot of trust for sure and then things just kind of present themselves. Like I think about that conversation I was having with my student and realizing all these things about the homie in Seattle. And I'm just like, wow, I can't believe I'm here at UCLA, this historic 
school where all these legends like bro kareem went here bro i've been <laughs> you know watching bill walton call games and the pack dude it, he went here dog like, <laughs> i was like so dude, this guy is weird but he's a legend bro leangelo ball went here for a few games dog <laughs> it was dude it's a it's an amazing place and over and over again i'm constantly just like man god you really just outdo yourself when it comes to that and, and it's really no trait of ours that we land in the situations that we are it's really just the lord giving us the opportunities presenting us the right people and i think that happens when you're just allowing god to do his thing yeah in your life yeah it's, it's yeah i think the language i would use is like you, you can't force things with god like god does have a design like he's designed you a certain way and you have to kind of tap into mm-hmm. that and i think like i don't I, I know a lot of ministers or former ministers or who, whatever, people who I think would be make, make good ministers, but they just have other gifts. They have like, they're good at coding or whatever, or, <laughs> you know, they're... No, I, 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 like, I like the design point because the, the fact of the matter is we're the only ones that can fulfill the design that the creator has made for us has designed for us you know what i mean we're the only ones i'm not saying that i'm the only one that can be a campus minister at ucla but i'm the only pepe fructoso that can be a campus minister at ucla because this is what he's designed for my life and i think when you're aware constantly that the lord just has things in the palm of your of his hands then when things are awesome and you have these moments where you're like man lord you really just outdid yourself this is amazing thank you for putting me here you'll have the same temperament when things are probably shitty. Right, and right. And just like, what am I going to do yeah, <laughs> to provide? That's a really good point. Because I do think like when, if you're being fully yourself and authentic to just your gifts and to what God has designed you to be, when things, when everything around you is shitty, it's still very clear to you. Like, well, I'm still who I am. Like, mm-hmm. and that, that has And there's value. probably a reason why things are shitty right, right now. Right, right, right. And, you know, it doesn't take, any blame away from you like you could be the source of some of those issues but it's it for sure gives you the clarity and i have to like know what to do in the shitty situations mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. know who to trust or know who to turn to yeah and i think uh when you're in those situations the lord is also putting the people in your life right. to be able to bring you back to where you should be right you know we're, we're all on this kind of run yeah. to, to christ and at times we're like hella slow just the pace of we're getting outlapped by some of our friends and some of our family members but those same people are the people that god puts in your life to just you know help you on that on that run and i think by fulfilling the design um that the the lord has for you not to just bring it full circle but i think that's what's cool oh is it is it not is it not though like not i'm not trying to be cliche or corny or try to connect the dots here but like is it not? Okay. When you're fulfilling the design yes, for yes. what he has in your life, that um, to me at least, like, okay, you're doing what you do, and that's what the Lord designed you to do, and that's fucking awesome. That was one of, so I was, that was my rebuttal to you when you're talking about cool people are going to change the church. I thought about like St. Paul and like John, <laughs> the beloved, when you, I, do you think really think bro, they were cool? The epitome of cool. Can we just take a quick break to talk about John? Bro, pull up that man's gospel when he's talking about reclining. Bro, that's what I'm saying. That's not cool, bro. I, th- I think about it all the time. This man's like, he's writing this. And then the disciple, comma, the one that Jesus loved, was reclining 
the one he referred to himself as the one that Jesus loved. Right. That's not cool, bro. <laughs> that's, that's, no, that's cool, bro. That's how confident he is in who. But that's the thing, how right? The Lord that's sees the thing. Him. These people were in societally probably not the coolest. They were definitely the outcasts. To the Pharisees, to the Pharisees, for sure. and to the Romans, but people, <laughs> when you look at it, like that, that is that shit's so cool. Like, yes. damn, you were living life, my guy. Bro, like, that's where I want to be. I want to refer to myself as Pepe, the one that Jesus loves. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was going there, but sure. But bro, that, okay, again, we can unpause now uh, of, of that timeout. But yes, I do think. When you are living out the design that the Lord has, and again, I know people have struggles finding out what that design is, right. but I think there's a lot of peace when you when you figure that out, and that peace is what allows you to have the same temperament when things are going really well, and you can have these moments of just like thank you, Lord, and when things are really shitty, and you're like, what's coming next? Mm-hmm. If I were to ask one last question, okay. it would be how how much of your personality or you know your character traits or whatever is influenced by like your mentors or your peers versus like this comes from me internally right does that make sense like when you're saying i th- i think uh, like when you're saying i'm being authentically myself how much of it is like because the people have said that you are this like pepe you're a really cool dude like live that way and you're like hell yeah i will you know <laughs> or or is it like whether or not yeah. your friends pass your me people, my sunglasses yeah <laughs> whether or not the people say something about you like are you would you be that way anyway that's low-key loaded for a closing question i know my but, bad <laughs> but probably just comes from prayer and spending time with Jesus. And I know that that is sometimes the wackest answer that people can say. That was like my pet peeve when I was 16 I years old asking too, my youth yeah. minister, hey, can you, this is what's going on in my life. Are you praying about oh, it? Oh, bro, I hated that question. <laughs> yes, I'm praying about it. Just give me the advice. No, okay. I think that it really just comes with a, a spiritual, I don't want to say maturity because I've met, people way younger than me that are so in tune with what the Lord yeah. speaks to them. Um, but I think if you are spending time with Jesus and whatever that looks like for you, if that's like going to adoration, if that's worshiping on your own, if that's going to mass, praying um, in the morning, whatever floats your boat when it comes to spending time Journaling. With Jesus, I think podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think spending time with Jesus slowly reveals these things. And it's not necessarily because this person uh, said this about you Mm -hmm. or this person said this about you, but it's because you feel like the Lord has, at least this is, I can speak from my perspective and I feel like the Lord sees me and who I am and gives me confidence and a peace that I am seen known loved heard by him and knows everything that's going on in my life and even the things that i haven't thought of yet he knows and i can rest in that confidence and in resting in that is i think what dictates how you know i am in yeah outside of my prayer life with him yeah i I think what people say about us is only an affirmation of what god has already 
said to me or designed like has shown me right like when someone says man you're cool my initial response is always like not my initial response but my thought is always like yeah god loves me bro like i know this and i think that that's what makes people cool is that they know that but yeah i agree it's it it comes down to what what is christ said about you and you mm-hmm. only hear that in prayer and, yeah. and what everyone else and says scripture yeah. it's in there yeah. So I mean, I think John knew. it goes without saying. Yeah, when you when you know, yeah, John did know, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you know that we're seen, known, and loved, it it I don't know how it doesn't give one confidence, mm. you know. Yeah, man, that was Amen, bro. You know what? Amen. I say to you, Pepe Fructoso, the one who Jesus loved. You paused, bro. You you weren't sure there. No, I, I was trying to emphasize the comma. The one that Jesus loved. Call me Pepe Fructoso, a.k.a. the one that Jesus loved. Name's taken, bro. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. But anyway, bro, thanks for always having these conversations. And I feel like they're life-giving, and, and I appreciate it, bro. Amen. Amen, amen. Gang, gang. Peace out, everybody. Peace.